Hello everybody and welcome to Spotlight on STEM. The focus for today's podcast is physics and how it is used and applied in the world of work. Physics is all around us and applies to many aspects of our daily lives. From using a toaster to toast our bread in the morning, listening to music through headphones, to watching our favourite programmes on TV. The study and understanding of physics have led to advancements in many aspects of the modern world, including energy, medicine, and even the electronic technology we all use and take for granted daily. So understanding some of the basic physics principles and concepts you are taught at school can really help you to understand the environment around you and the usefulness of physics in everyday life. In today's episode, you will get to hear some extracts of interviews I recently had with volunteers talking about their careers and how physics applies in their job. If after listening you want to find out more about the volunteers and their careers, the full interviews will be released over the next week. So let's meet some of our volunteers and find out a bit about what they do and how and why physics is important in their roles. My name's Christabel, I'm an environmental acoustic consultant, which sounds really fancy, but actually that means I do a mixture of noise measurements, vibration measurements, I do noise and vibration predictions, and I advise on mitigation methods for noise and vibration and I do that mostly for outdoor projects so anything that varies from construction industries, new road schemes, new railways, housing developments, quarries, chicken farm, kind of anything that's outside that makes noise and affects people I deal with that. A typical day doing some measurements might be I arrive on site, set up, do a calibration and then I'll make notes about what noise is going on see if I can work out which direction a certain noise is coming from and what is making the noise and why it's a certain way. A typical day in the office might involve doing some predictions, so that might be using computer software or some like spreadsheet calculations to predict what noise changes might involve. Normally we'll look at the difference between what the current noise is and what the future noise will be and how that will affect or impact people nearby. So A lot of the measurements we do are kind of trying to understand what the current noise situation is like. Sometimes they're more specific about if there's noisy equipment in an industry or something like that. But a lot of the time we do what's called baseline measurements. So that's understanding what the current noise is. And then we'll see with the predictions how we think that noise will change. And then we might advise people on locations of noise barriers or advice on different equipment that will be quieter that won't affect people as much. Understanding the physics principles of like how sound works, how sound travels, how different materials work in relation to sound, all that is really important and things won't make sense if you don't understand those basic physics principles. Hi, I'm Patrick. I am a nuclear engineer and I'm currently on a graduate scheme which encourages training and exchange of skills and ideas between companies. So I'm in quite a fortunate position where I travel around a lot of companies fairly quickly over two years and gain as much experience as I can at that company looking at the nuclear uh, challenges that they face. Safety is everyone's number one priority and I'm sure people listening to this will be glad to hear that. There's also challenges of trying to be economical as possible because it is It gets to be quite an expensive industry when you need to consider safety and the materials, all that kind of thing. We're looking at future challenges, so how to set up new reactors and new designs. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting challenges looking at the past, kind of our old waste and sorting that out, the present, 
maintaining current reactors, keeping them safe, and then the future looking at new, very creative designs that might help solve the energy issue of the country. So like I say, I've been to quite a few companies. I'm currently working at a company called Magnox. They're a state-owned company and they work for the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority. And we're looking at tidying up old legacy waste from our first generation reactors in this country. So I remember year 10-ish, I learned about nuclear fusion. So nuclear fusion is when uh, hydrogen atoms combine, or well, light atoms combine, and then uh, releases energy, Einstein's equation, E equals MC squared. And that's how the sun has all its energy. And I was kind of really captivated by that. And I'd always grown up in a very environmentally conscious household. So I thought, okay, this nuclear fusion thing, it's cool, it's new, it's kind of sexy, and it could be like the answer to just the energy crisis that we're eventually going to go through in this country with getting rid of coal and things like that. Fundamental things that you're learning at a young age do still come into play, certainly in my line of work. Physics, in terms of your knowledge of radiation decay, I'd say your basic decays, your alpha, your beta, your gamma decay, which you may or may not have looked at school yet, and how like a nucleus fits together, that's very important. Uh, electrons, protons, and neutrons. So the building blocks at year 10 level are still used on a day-to-day -day basis for me. Darcy is a compressor aerodynamicist with Rolls-Royce. I work on one of the engines at Rolls-Royce looking after the compressors, both the intermediate pressure at the front of the engine and the HP compressor, the high pressure compressor, at the, a little further back. So what that involves is me looking at ways that we can design them a little bit better if we want to make any improvements and also looking after anything that might arise as they're flying around. So if we notice that there's something that we want to fix, I'm involved with that and also in the manufacturing side of things. So if we happen to have some blades that are made a little bit out of tolerances that we've specified, then I look at what effect that might have if we build them into the engine, whether that's okay or not. A normal day is pretty varied depending on what I'm working on at the time. So if I'm looking at a new design of blade, I could be looking at the airflow across that blade and how that affects the rest of the engine. So I could be doing some computational modelling to really get a visual representation of what the airflow looks like. With the manufacturing side of things, we could have some parts come in that aren't quite made to the drawing specification. So if that comes in in the morning, I'll be looking to try and analyse what effect that defect would have. If we were to build those parts into the engine, because obviously we don't want to waste parts when we can use them, we have to do that quite quickly because that engine's on the build line at the moment when that part comes in. I'll have quite a few meetings because whilst aerodynamics is a really important part of, of the engine, we don't work alone in that. So we have a lot of other teams that we work together with. So people doing materials, people doing structures, putting the whole engine together. So I'll be meeting with them as well. So it's really important to have an understanding of the physics and what is happening in the engine because we work at the cutting edge of aerodynamics and even though we use a lot of modelling which cuts down the time that it takes to do calculations, the models will give us some results and they won't always be right so we'll have to understand what's going on with the physics and then be able to interpret that to get an answer to the problem that we're modelling. What's really kind of struck me as I've gone through my career is that actually the fundamental principles of physics, no matter how difficult it might get further on, 
the fundamental principles of physics always apply. So when I first learned about how aircraft stay in the air, about forces, lift, drag, thrust, and the weight coming down, and those forces all being balanced, that still applies to what I'm doing today, just in a slightly different context, looking at lift and drag over the blades within the engine. Another thing that I do, I model really complex problems and that's difficult. So a lot of what we do in, in my team is that we look at these complex problems and try and relate that to a simpler problem. Not quite going all the way back to year 10 physics, going quite far back through my sort of A-levels in university. If I can get a problem that I'm modelling right now at the cutting edge of aerodynamics and relate that back to a slightly simpler problem and then model that and get an answer, it's a lot easier. So I do that quite a lot. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening and don't forget the full interviews will be released over the next week. If you're really interested in physics and want to find out more about other careers where physics is important or just want to see some examples of how the physics you are taught at school is applied in everyday life, I recommend checking out the Institute of Physics website and you can find the links for this in the podcast description. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to tune in next week to hear from even more role models talking about their careers and which STEM subjects play a vital role in their jobs.